Attention, attention, all personnel, incoming podcast. This is MASH Matters. Over and out. It's MASH Matters, where we talk everything relating to MASH. I'm Ryan Patrick, alongside, as always, my good friend, Mr. Jeff Maxwell, who played Private Igor on MASH. And we are going to do voicemails in this episode, and we're going to jump right into the very first voicemail. Everybody understands by now that you're the one that worked on the show, and Ryan is the one that loves the show. You don't have to rub it in that you was an actor on MASH. We understand you don't need to tell us every single episode that you was the actor and he is the fan. Cut it out. It's getting old. And we want to thank Toby for giving us our first voicemail of the episode. Gosh, Toby, thank you so much. Thank you. You know, it's, it's so nice to, to have that kind of response and to have somebody that can guide us to do what we do and need to do it correctly. So right. to that end, I, I really want to say and repeat once more that I am the guy who worked on the show. Right, yes. I was the guy. I played Private Igor Straminsky. Oh, I love that character. Yo, he was great. The funny cook. Yeah. And you, Ryan, you were the fan. You grew up right. watching the show. I didn't grow up watching the show, and you bonded with the characters. <laughs> I bonded with the actors and the actresses there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. So, yes, you're right, Toby. I'm the guy who was on the show, and Ryan was not. So, there you go. All right. Ha. <sighs> And uh, if you would like to also join the fun along with Toby and all the others, call and leave a voicemail three minutes in length or under at 513-436-4077. And let me just say, the reason we always open by introducing ourselves and telling people who we are, new listeners are finding this podcast all the time. So I never presume that somebody who is tuning in for the first time knows who the heck I am or can connects your name, Jeff, to Private Igor. So I just want to make sure that people know how important it is that you played Private Igor for nine seasons on MASH and that I am a lifelong fan. Well said. Yes, I could have said that better myself. And no, we'll say it again towards the end of the episode, just to make sure everybody really understands. Right, right. So here's the deal, folks. We have a lot of voicemails that have accumulated over the past few months. In fact, some of these go back well beyond 2023. And so we are using this episode to try to catch up on some of these voicemails. We still have a lot more voicemails in the hopper, but at least we'll put a dent in them. We're going to just play a bunch of them here, and if they're questions, we'll try to answer them. And if not, we'll just, you know, make fun of you and move on. Can we start with Toby? Do we make fun of Toby or do we just move on to Kevin? No, it's we're going to move you. on. I don't okay. want to irritate Toby anymore. No, no, no. Oh, absolutely not. No, no. So no. let's get started here with the round of voicemails. This one is from Kevin. Hey, this is Kevin Davis from uh, Idaho, Central Idaho. I wanted to give you a quick story about my interaction with MASH. Uh, I never watched it growing up, but my dad had all these funny things. Things like you do when you clean it up, or that's easy for you to say. And on a long story short, he was using all these things I didn't know from Alan Alda as Hawkeye. When I met my wife, she watched MASH all the time. Her uncle was in the Army, and he loved MASH. And he said that all that stuff that's happening on MASH really happened. And so anyways, I just thought it was interesting. I started watching MASH probably about 2012. Um, all the lines that Hawkeye would say, uh, those were my dad's favorite one-liners. But he watched a lot of masks before I was born. I was born in 89. So that's my story, and I try to keep it under three minutes. So don't come and do weird stuff to me. 
All right. Bye. <laughs> I don't remember. Did we threaten that we would come and do bad stuff to people who didn't keep their voicemails under three minutes? I don't remember that. I think there was one episode we got carried away and we threatened some people. I think we were drinking during that episode, weren't we? I, yeah, that was the drinking episode. Yes, I was yeah. 54 or three. I don't remember. Yeah, I can't remember that episode. I liked this voicemail from Kevin because I can relate to this. And I, I'm going to bet that there are a lot of other MASH fans out there who also relate to taking quotes from the show and putting them into daily life. And the fact that his dad was doing it and Kevin didn't know until later when he watched the show and he's hearing all these things. At that moment, you find out your dad wasn't as clever as you thought he was. You thought he was coming up with these things. And (laughs) actually, it was Alan Alda and, you know, the writers of MASH who were coming up with these things. I wonder if his dad ever said, uh, and for the entree today, we have liver or fish. I wonder if he ever said that. (laughs) I don't know. But I'll tell you, a line that I use in my life quite a bit comes from you. Oh. I thought they were going to be refreshments. (laughs) That's a killer line. It's a killer line. (laughs) Uh, We'd love to hear too from listeners. Are there certain phrases from the show that you also like to use in your daily life? Uh, If so, let us know what those phrases are. You can email us, matchmatterspodcast at gmail.com. Or again, you can call and leave a voicemail at 513-436-4077. Well, moving right along, we have a great phone call from Michael. Hey, this is Michael calling from northern Georgia. I grew up watching MASH my entire life. Granted, I'm only 22 years old, so I'm not that old. But I've been watching it since I can remember from 10 or 11 years old. So I grew up loving the show. It is, to this day, still my favorite show. And just to tell you all about this. This is something I don't really like to talk about all too much. I grew up in a very abusive household. So for me, growing up, I had to put a lot of what I went through into, I guess, what you call an imaginary world. And while doing so, I created, like, I guess like the easy way to put it, battlefield in my own mind, war, something that I don't really see much good come out of. And in the years that followed, I found MASH. And MASH helped bring a lot more happiness even to that world. Not just the war that was shown on the screen, but even in my war in my mind, helped bring laughter and happiness, joy and smiles. And honestly, even you, Jeff, you were a big part of that. All of you... We're part of that cast. Both of you right now on the podcast have helped bring so much joy into my life and helped put some light on that war in my mind. It's because of stuff like that. It's actually helped me channel it to creating it into a story where I am currently working on making it into a story where I would actually love to put it into a screen, maybe help somebody else. This time with the same type of issue that I went through. Thank you all both so much for continuing this. MASH does matter. So many people, more ways than anybody will ever know. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. My goodness gracious, Michael. Boy, well, thank you for that call. You know, it's amazing. We do get people that say how much MASH helped them in various aspects in their lives. And, and we get so many people saying, oh, gosh, you know, it, it helped me in my career. I became a nurse or I became a doctor or so forth. 
But hearing this, that you were able to sort of use MASH and use the framework of the show and what the show is talking about to help you work through your own issues. My goodness, <laughs> it was a television show. It, it wasn't anything else but a television show. But hearing your response to it and hearing how it helped you is, is really moving. I, I'm, I'm, uh, you, that your, your call really touched me. That's a really amazing thing. Yep. Michael, I know that that was probably, as you said, not very easy to share. And we, we thank you for sharing your story because I know that your story resonates with some people out there who may have gone through the same thing. And I'm so sorry that you grew up in the environment that you grew up in. And I'm thankful that you were able to use MASH as a way to cope and escape from that situation. And I'm thankful that you're able to use that story in the hopes of helping others who may be going through that as well. So I encourage you to keep that going and share your story and let others know because you will be able to touch and help others who right now are dealing with what you were going through when you were young. And uh, just to reiterate, Michael, uh, I am Jeff Maxwell, the one who's on the show. I actually oh. was on the show playing Private Igor. Really? And Ryan was the fan of the show. Just to reiterate, <laughs> just so you keep that straight. We just want you to keep that straight. Thank you. Thank you for the reminder. I appreciate that. Yeah, sure. Next, let's uh, hear from Matthew. Hey, guys. Um, My name is Matthew Shrewsbury. I'm from West Virginia. And like everybody that listens to this podcast, I grew up with my dad watching MASH. We would watch it before church um, every Sunday, and then we would come home, and it would usually be on for an hour or two afterwards. Well, in episode 103, a lady named Robin uh, had a question about how you scheduled your scenes between the ranch and back on set. So my question is, it involves the weather. It's kind of like that, but building on it. How was the weather? Like, did you schedule episodes? Um, based on how the weather was going to be at the ranch, like if the weather was going to be rainy on a Friday, that uh, episode you were filming would also be based on rain. Thanks, guys. Well, thank you for your call, Matthew. We appreciate that. So, yeah, Jeff, do you remember any times when the schedule was affected by the weather out at the ranch? Uh, no. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Moving on. Thanks, Matthew. <laughs> Uh, no, you know, there is some mythology that the, uh, writers for some weird reasons would write that it was cold out. So they were having an, an episode that they, everybody had to be freezing cold, but actually we're out at the ranch and it was 110 degrees out there. So they did that just as a wacky thing to irritate the actors. Yes. I don't know whether that's absolutely true or not. I don't know it for a fact. Well, Ken Levine has written about that on his blog. Yeah. He says that it's true, and he was a part of that. Yeah. Of course, Ken drinks heavy, so we don't know whether that's actually <laughs> the truth or not. Was he I on don't... the episode where we drank? I can't remember now. I, I, he may have been. All right. Um, yeah, but I don't remember any any scheduling around weather specifically, unless, you know, we were scheduled to go out to the ranch, and then they found out, gee, it's going to be pouring rain. No, you, we would not go out and film in the pouring rain. That mm -hmm. would never happen because there's yeah. too many problems and it's too wet and it's too icky and, and weird to get in there. Right. So we'd have been trumping around in the mud and that wouldn't have been fun at all or, or helpful to the show. Right. So we would never have done that. Yeah. And the few episodes that I can remember rain being a part of the plot line, I believe all of those episodes were filmed on stage. Yeah. Because you can't write rain into a script and then wait for it to really rain. <laughs> <You can't. laughs> 
But you don't get as much rain out there as as a lot of other areas of the country get. No, mostly heat. It's right. mostly hot all the time out there. Okay. You know, we did schedule around uh, marital issues, however. So if somebody was having a problem... <laughs> wouldn't go out there. There were other issues, but not-, not That's the, the other kind of storm, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Mar- marital storms. Very powerful. All right. Next, we want to hear from our good friend, Joya. Hi, Jeff and Ryan. This is Joya. I just listened to your podcast on Remembering Rosie, and I just want to tell you how grateful I am. I am sitting here in Delaware looking at the most beautiful field of lavenders. And thinking of what an amazing time that we all had last year out at the ranch. And at that event, I am so grateful I had the opportunity to meet Arlene. As she was leaving, I walked up to her to tell her how much she meant to me and my brother and my family and how we loved her and treasured her and how she reminded me of my mom, who is a single mother. But most importantly, I got the chance to tell her on the worst days of my life, two of my friends from high school died on the same day, completely different sets of circumstances. Their funerals were on the same day, and I listened to their funerals from Athens, Greece. And I was just so down, and I needed something to cheer me up. So I listened to MASH Matters and the episode that Rosie, that Eileen did, because she is nothing but gratitude and power and strength. I'm so grateful that I had that opportunity to tell her that, and I'm so grateful for the two of you for allowing me that amazing, amazing gift. As I listened to Megan, I thought, wow, all of us feel that way. And also, I'm so grateful for that episode because your podcast on her, I laughed so hard, and then I cried. It was just like an episode of MASH. I thank you both so much for giving us all that you have and the gratefulness that I have for this, but mostly that I was able to tell her how wonderful she was. And thank you also. I was able to get a picture with her. The first picture, Bob took both of them. He he offered. First picture, we both have our glasses on. And in the second one, he made us take our glasses off. And you can see that we were both crying because I was able to tell her how much she meant to me. And she was able to feel that. And I'm just so grateful for that. I will owe you both forever. Thank you both. I love you. And I love this podcast. Please keep it coming. And Megan, if you hear this, thank you so much. I really enjoyed meeting you at the ranch. And your story is so, so special. Bye. Okay, Joya, now I'm crying. Are you crying, Ryan? I'm crying. Yeah, somebody's cutting onions in here. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Wow. Thank you, Joya. That's really sweet. And I think that that sentiment is echoed by everyone who was out there at the ranch. This was when Jeff and I were out at the old shooting location there at Malibu Creek State Park last September. We were there for the 50th anniversary celebration and Eileen Saki, our friend who played Rosie on MASH, surprised everybody by showing up and spent a lot of time there talking to fans and taking pictures. So I think everybody who was there feels the same way 
about Eileen and that experience. And I know Megan, she mentions our friend Megan, who came on and talked about her experience meeting Eileen there at the ranch. That was on the episode where we paid tribute to Rosie. I know that that was special to her as well. If you have not listened to our interview with Eileen, that was episode 76. Go back and listen to it. She was such a beautiful soul and such a ray of sunshine. And she is sorely missed. She really is. Yeah, she is. You know, during the uh, years on MASH, I did not have any scenes with Rosie. So I really didn't have a great relationship with her at all. I didn't know her very well until we had her on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I immediately fell in love with her. Yeah. How could you, <laughs> you not? You can't help. Yeah. You, you can't. You can't not fall in love with her. And she's just a wonderful spirit, a delightful human being. It's it's a great loss. It is certainly a great loss. But it's a wonderful thing to have had uh, Eileen and Rosie uh, in our in our hearts and in our lives because she's a she was a real gift. Next, we're going to hear from Alan. Hey, Jeff and Ryan, this is Alan Cohen from Schomburg, Illinois. Quick question, Jeff, just heard your Steve Jobs story. My question is, did you tell Steve Jobs about your background so he could have a Jeff Maxwell story? That's all. Great show. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. Well, of course, we, you know, Steve and I hit it off. Um, <laughs> we, we were talking, and then I started to tell him my life story, and he said, "Yeah, yeah, I, I got to run." And you know, <laughs> he was gone. Then he had security remove you from the Apple Store. Uh, yeah, they were dragging me out, but they were very careful, though, and very kind. One of them had a leg and one of them had an arm and they were pulling. and They were gentle but firm, yes. Gentle giants they were. If you haven't heard Jeff's Steve Jobs story, go listen to episode 103. But I thought that was a great question from Alan. Because he, you know what, darn it, Steve Jobs should have known that he met the great Jeff Maxwell, who, by the way, played Private Igor on MASH. Yes, I did. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. Yeah, I did. For nine seasons, you played that character on yes. Match. And I know that because I am a fan of the show. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you very much. Hey, you're welcome. You know, Steve, we did chat a little bit, but it was about my computer issue. And uh, I have to admit, I was a bit overwhelmed because I had never met a billionaire and I was going, <laughs> so I, I couldn't get mush out of my mouth. It just right. wasn't happening. So right. thank you, Alan, for asking that. All right, moving on. We are just flying through these. Here's Karen. Hi, Jeff and Ryan. Um, This is for a favorite episode, episode, I guess. Um, My name is Karen. I'm calling from the suburbs of Greater Houston. My favorite episode is Hey, Look Me Over from Season 11, Episode 1, which shone a spotlight on the wonderful Kelly Nakahara and her character, Nurse Kelly. After scrubbing in the OR for 35 years, I like to subtitle this one, Nurses bugged, guys scrubbed, because the nurses had bugged out and the guys stayed behind. Um, Get ready for an historical aside. The actor, director, playwright, slash social activist, Ossie Davis, served during World War II in the Army Medical Specialist Corps as a surgical technician in the 25th Mobile Army Surgical Hospital in Liberia. Back to Kelly. She threw a few subtle hints Hawkeye's way as if to say, why don't you ask me out? He was clueless and didn't know he'd hurt her feelings, and at the very least, it taught him to be more sensitive to ladies he wasn't necessarily attracted to. Um, thanks for the show. I like to, I'd love to listen to it, and uh, take care. Bye. 
Thank you, Karen. Uh, appreciate you letting us know about your favorite episode. <laughs> what was interesting is she shoehorned a history lesson about Ossie Davis in yeah. the middle of that call. Snuck that we, right in there, didn't she? <laughs> no, wow. I don't really know what the connection was there with Ossie, but I appreciate it because I was a fan of Ossie Davis and I had no idea that he served in World War II in a mass unit. That's a revelation. Really? It really I, is. Wow. Yeah. But she just kind of stuck it in there in yeah. the middle. It was like a commercial break in the middle. <laughs> yeah. And we'll be right back after this. Aussie Davis. Wow. And if you don't know who he is, Google him and you go, oh, yeah. Aussie. Oh, that's He was a great actor yeah. and activist and writer. And I mean, he did a little bit of everything. And to know that he was also a part of a MASH unit is pretty cool. So thank you for sharing that little nugget of information with us. We appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that you were scrubbing uh, for 35 years. That's, that's a lot of scrubbing. <laughs> I think your hands are clean by now. Yeah. Stop scrubbing. You can stop now. Let's move on. Yes. Uh, we have another voicemail now. This one coming to us from David. Hello, Mash Man. This is David Gaynor from Dryden, Washington. And I'm wondering if you two, particularly Jeff, would be interested in, do in doing a little ADR work on the podcast to finally put right something that has been wrong for about 46 years now. Would Jeff be open to the idea for the podcast of re-recording his lines from Fade Out, Fade In in his own voice this time in the scene he had with um, David Ogden Stiers? Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, I would. Sure. Darn yeah. straight. Do it. <laughs> I'll record those lines. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go. We got to figure out a way to make this happen. We really do. Yeah, boy, I mean, oh boy. you know more about video production and all that than I do, so you would know like what goes into that. So, for those of you who may not know what ADR is, it stands for automated dialogue replacement. And I guess Jeff, that's because sometimes when you're filming, audio gets screwed up, so the actors have to go back in and re-record their lines separately to match their lips on the screen. And you'll notice this several times in MASH. Suddenly the voice just sounds a little different. Like the tone changes and it's like right in the middle of a line. You'll hear a, their, it's their voice, but you'll hear it just sounds different. Probably because they've gone back in and re-recorded that. In the episode Fade Out, Fade In, which, by the way, if you have not heard it, go back and listen to episode 28 to hear the entire story. The sad, horrible story. <laughs> the saga. <laughs> the saga. They used ADR to dub over Jeff's lines. And so I think that we should take David up on his idea yeah. and reverse that and let's get it back the way it was supposed to be. Right. Let's figure out a way to get your voice in there. And then we'll get a uh, video copy of that episode and we'll just record my lines right over that video episode. Mm -hmm. And then we'll broadcast that episode on Hulu. <laughs> Or any Bulu, Zulu, Mulu we yeah. can find, and uh, and things will be right in the world, finally. We'll infiltrate the vault at Disney and swap out the master with a newly revised ADR episode, which I'm sure would be easy to do, you know, just oh, yeah. slipping by the guards there at Disney and walking into of the course. vault. Look, they're in Burbank here. I'm, I'm 30 <laughs> minutes away from Burbank. I'll go over there, walk, and they're, you know, everybody's on strike anyway, so they're not even going to know what I'm doing, and they don't care, and I'll just go in there and <laughs> slip it in. David, great idea. Great. This is great. All right. Let's hear what Stacy has to say. Yes. Hi, Ryan and Jess. My name is Stacy Dresnick. 
Originally from Staten Island, New York, relocated to Youngstown, Ohio. I have a question. In a previous episode, you talked about um, sequels like uh, Aftermath and Walter, and I and and what you actually thought about them. And I was wondering if anybody had any thoughts on Trapper John M.D. with Penel Roberts. How do you feel about that sequel? And even though it had no actual MASH people in it. So do me a favor. Let me know what your thoughts on the TV show Trapper John MD and how it portrayed the character Trapper John. And um, keep up the good work. I only found out about this in the last few weeks. And I'm loving every minute of it. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Stacy. Yeah. Stacy, by the way, one of our Patreon VIPs. So thank you for supporting the show. And you can do the same thing, mashmatters.com slash support. Yes. So Trapper John MD is a show that ran on CBS from September of 1979 to September of 1986. But it really had nothing to do with the show other than the name of the character. And the character was the same character from MASH, Trapper John. But it was not played by Wayne Rod. It was uh, an actor named Pernell Roberts, who was most known as playing Ben Cartwright's son, Adam, on Bonanza, but in later years known as the third actor to play Trapper John because the first one was actually Elliot Gould in the movie. So they bring him back as a surgeon, like a chief surgeon at a hospital in San Francisco. Did you watch Trapper John, MD? I watched it once. Really? Yeah, I watched it once and went, ah, yeah, okay. What'll I do now? I, I didn't, so you weren't impressed. <laughs> it didn't resonate with me. I wasn't blown away. You know, to me, he was always the guy on Bonanza. So I didn't. I oh, he shouldn't be in the doctor suit. He was, should be he had guns and shooting out there. He should be with his brothers and his father. So it was a problem for me. See, on that show, I watched. Bonanza. I wasn't on Bonanza, but I watched Bonanza. <laughs> and I bonded with those guys mm. on that show. So when he became a doctor, I didn't care. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, I was very young when it was on the air. I do remember watching it, but I was not a fan of the show. Now, I recently watched the pilot episode on YouTube. You can't find it on any of the streaming services, but you can find a lot of the episodes on YouTube. And I watched the first episode. And the first episode, there are quite a few references to MASH and Hawkeye and Radar and Choppers, but that's about where it ends. There was not much connection to the show, and really, it's more connected to the movie because there was a big lawsuit. Otto Preminger said, hey, we have the rights to that character, and actually, he ended up winning that court case. But it wasn't a real spinoff because it didn't have the same people behind the show. It was just this character, and the character really was completely different than how Wayne Rogers played him. Totally. Pernell Roberts was not trying to do a Wayne Rogers impression. Not at all. The character was a little more laid back and mellow and a little more by the book. He wasn't fighting the system. He was part of of the system. Now, the one connection with MASH, though, the uh, breakout star from that show was the actor Gregory Harrison, who played Dr. Gonzo Gates on Trapper John. He was on an episode of MASH in The Nurses. He plays the soldier who comes to surprise his wife and ends up acting like a quarantine soldier in Margaret's tent so that they can spend the evening together. But, you know, I liked the pilot enough to maybe watch a little bit more of it on YouTube. I didn't have the same visceral reaction that you did. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily age well. 
but I would give it another shot. And if anybody is interested, I'll put a link to the pilot episode in the show notes for this episode. And you can also, again, find a lot of the episodes of Trapper John MD online if you would like to watch it. Well, I'll go watch it again. I'll give him another shot. Okay. Now, you talked about a lawsuit. Can we go back to that just for a moment? Mm-hmm. You mentioned the name Otto Preminger. I'm sorry. Ingo Preminger. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Ingo Preminger. He was the producer of the the motion picture. (laughs) Yes. He is the one who filed a suit against the production company saying, we had the right to produce the spinoff from the film. And I also have the right to any money that comes in from the characters from the film. Yes. And they did find that he was uh, able to get, I think, 25% of the profits from Trapper John MD, which I assume was, you know, just a staggering amount of money. I- I'm still trying to get my share. I haven't had anybody <laughs> call me back in the last probably two, three, 20 years. I don't know, but sooner or later. When you're at Disney infiltrating the vault, just stop in and talk to the legal department I'll there. find any Preminger I can find. Yeah. <laughs> and say, hey, where's mine? Otto, Ingo, you know, they all, yeah, it just all blends together. All the you meet one premature, you meet them all. You met them all, yeah. All right, let's <laughs> move on here. Uh, away from Ingo and Otto. And- By the way, I noticed something, don't mean to interrupt, but I've noticed something that everybody who's leaving a message sounds like radar. <laughs> I don't know what it is, and maybe it's my what my headphones, but they it's all they all sound like Gary Berghoff. I don't know what to say. It's not. It's not. Okay. This next one is coming to us from not Gary, but Dustin. Jeff, big fan. I get a question. My name is Dustin from Clearwater. None like it hot. You are guarding the tent to the bathtub. Did you actually get in the bathtub? <laughs> Did I actually get in the bathtub? I, <laughs> I, I, uh, Dustin, I, I thank you for the question. Uh, lovely to hear from you. Um, I, I do not remember actually getting in the bathtub. No, I think I just guarded the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Right. That was my right. job, my duty. And I was, I was trying to fulfill my responsibility by guarding it. I don't believe I got in it. I would also say, and I, I hate to say this, Dustin, cause it's peeking behind the curtain, but we never actually saw the bathtub in that tent that Jeff was guarding. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that the bathtub was even actually in there. Probably what was actually in that tent was a squirrel. <laughs> I don't think... I don't think they had anything else in there except insects, things that were flying, a squirrel or two, maybe an otter. No, otter wouldn't have been in there. Did the squirrel get in the bathtub? You never know. Squirrels are wacky. Okay, let's let's squeeze in another one here. This is an interesting thought from Ron. Hi, this is Ron. I'm calling from Kentucky. Uh, I want to make a comment. Uh, I was just watching episode nine of season one called Henry, Please Come Home. And I just had a little bit of a thought um, that if... When Henry went to, to uh, Tokyo or wherever he went to to uh, to do the administrative teaching, um, if he had stayed there and Hawkeye and Trapper had not coaxed him back to the 4077th, the character himself may have lived through the Korean War and not died off in the plane crash like he did subsequently. Of course, on a uh, administrative or uh, comedy level, they needed to have Henry come back so that Frank was no longer in charge of the 4077th. But had they gone in the direction where Henry stayed in Tokyo and Frank was the leader of the 4077th and gone on with the series from then, that could have been like an alternate timeline as nobody knows what would have happened then. But that just had a little bit of an observation. Had Hawkeye and Trapper not coaxed Henry back, 
he would not have died in that plane crash. Just little thoughts and comments on uh, what could have been alternate timelines and alternate directions for the series and why you think they stayed that way. All right. Thanks. Love your show and love your podcast. Bye. Wow. Wow. My goodness. So Ron basically saying that Hawkeye and Trapper are guilty of manslaughter. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's very true. Certainly, one cannot dispute that theory. That's all part of the MASH multiverse. Yeah. So in one world, you have Henry coming back, but ultimately uh, perishing in the plane crash. Spoiler alert. But in the alternate, you have uh, Henry staying in his cushy job and Frank becoming a dictator of the 4077. Yes. I mean, I love Henry and I didn't want to see Henry die, but my goodness, I don't know that I would have wanted to serve under Frank either. No. There's really no good timeline there. These alternative universe ideas bother me. I don't know what to do with them. I'm so, you know, tied to my universe. I don't know what to do with it. So when I think of another universe, I get really confused. Well, think of it this way, though. If there is another MASH universe, then maybe Igor did not become a pig farmer. (gasps) Oh, one can only hope. (laughs) And maybe, maybe Igor's lines were not dubbed by somebody else. Ah, yes. Or they were dubbed by, you know, Brad Pitt or something. (laughs) Somebody else. And then I don't know. See, alternate universes are, they're too confusing to me. It's true. Let's just stick with the one we know. Okay. All right. And by the way, the one we know, that is the one that featured Jeff Maxwell as Private Igor for nine seasons. Yeah. And you watched all nine seasons. I know that. You know, we should start a podcast about this in an alternate universe. An alternate universe podcast. Yes. (laughs) MASH sort of matters somewhere along the timeline of space. Something like that. My head hurts. All right. Well, thank you to everybody who has called and left a voicemail. Uh, We still, again, have quite a few voicemails we we have not gotten to yet. Uh, If you would like to add to the stockpile of uh, voicemails, you can do that by calling and leaving a message under three minutes in length at 513-436-4077. You can also email us, mashmatterspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, on uh, the uh, platform formerly known as Twitter. And hey, we have merch. Just go to mashmatters.com. So much stuff, Jeff. So much stuff. Oh, so much. And I'm not going to say any more because uh, we might tick off Toby and he might call and leave another voicemail. Well, <laughs> but he did sound like Radar a little bit. I don't know why. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Again, like Ryan said, thanks so much for everybody calling in and leaving a message. And thank you all for listening and being a part of MASH Matters. All right. Until next time. I'm begging Ryan to change the sign-off. I'm going to go on my knees. I'm getting hives from this. No, Colonel Blake said it one time. One time! Do not do this anymore, please. I'm giving you an out, maybe an over and out. Maybe until we meet again, I'm I'm I, I, I'm pulling what's left of my hair out for this. Please, please, please. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Lou, for your insight and your request. Well, I think Lou and Toby should get together and hang out for a while. <laughs> I would just like to say to Lou specifically, here's looking up your old address. <laughs> <laughs>